Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I'm not the least prepared person here, so. <coughs> I am. <laughs> that was aimed at you. Yes, thank you. All right. <laughs> Welcome you. <laughs> you don't know what he's going to say. Welcome you. We have some of, we have all of James, but we have just some of early James, and we have Cammy. We have all of early James, we just don't have all of the latest. Yes, there you go. Yeah. That's still just the latest, though. That's how it works. It's the latest version of it, right? It's all I'm compensating. Is that it? (laughs) That's why the band name works so well. I like it. You know, um... Yeah, but, but, but the it was latest crazy. part came later. Yeah. It, it was like, oh, early, dude, like, the, the shittiest drummer I've ever had, uh, he came up with the name. Um, <laughs> and, you know, no names. Devontae, he, told he is me not brush- talking about you. You're yeah, going to assume. Not Devontae. Devontae is not you. <laughs> he told me brushes were gay. <laughs> can we just put him into that? Territory of bad drummer. Oh. Even though he loved Dave Brubeck, <laughs> he gets stoned and listened to Dave Brubeck. But he, it was, when I would ask him to play with brushes, he'd be like, oh, "Brushes are gay, dude." <laughs> okay, you know what I well, love? You're like, fired. <laughs> like, with everything that has happened, like in the past two weeks, with like the the stonk market with like Wall Street, <laughs> yeah. and all that. Did Did y'all see like someone on the internet and? God only knows is like thank thank you for those weird some bitches out there on the internet. It was uh they did the Stunt Wars like in Star Wars where it was like the rolling oh, no. battle. And it was like Stunt Wars the gay bears assemble. And I was like oh, Why do we call them gay bears? Wait, no one no one decides the rules. The stonks decide yeah. the rules. Yes. And so, yes, we are allowed okay, to laugh cool. at that because no one created those rules. <laughs> yeah. Stonks did. Yeah. All right, let's open this thing up. So uh, we're all drinking different things. It's untapped in vinyl nature to talk about the beer that we're drinking on. and We're all we, drinking we something different, all... I think. There's uh, one thing that Monk always tells me when I drink a White Claw. Mm. He said that uh, the Beastie Boys did not fight for our right to party for you to drink a White Claw. Have you tried it? I've, I've, I've actually had one, and it's not yeah. bad. I'm not hating on it, and I'm not hating on anybody drinking it. I'm just, I'm, I've got to be a craft beer nerd. I'm, and so, I, what? I, I was a staunch IPA drinker, and... Um, <laughs> James's sister. It's her fault. Oh, no. She got him on the White Claw, and, um... That was really just there. Hey, I'm, I'm like, I'm having, with this one no, beer, I'm having, bullshit. like, 900 calories. You're having 100, so props to you. No, I mean, no, I'm... No, that's... Yeah, no shit. Like, first time we hung out. 
Yeah. Well, we done do uh, your podcast was that was the first White Claw I had ever had. Were we drinking White Claw that day? Yes. It's COVID. Everybody's in COVID bullshit. requires White Claw. Where we? Did you get the email? Trying <laughs> to stay hydrated. Yeah. So. You were busy Fight flying off. the spaceship, Ford. Well, yeah, yeah, but I mean, I must have been really drunk because I don't remember White Claws at all. Well, that yeah, because was... you were drunk. How do you think you got that drunk? Well, you know, when you go to Zach's house. Especially during rehearsals, they pull out all kinds of shit. Last night, they grabbed a bottle of some green, it tasted like Jolly Ranch. James. It was actually quite delicious. <laughs> What's that? It's like a malt liquor. I just noticed a, a poster on your wall is also on my wall. The Banditos? Banditos. My roommate, Zach Austin, and Shallow Martin opened. Yeah, that's what I was just talking about. There you go. It's a great show. Nothing caps what's over your fireplace, though, in that home. <laughs> we're not going to talk about it. We did a really good we're Christmas gift. Our friend, yeah. <laughs> That's fine. Okay, I guess we're talking yeah. about it. There you go. <laughs> and so, like, since Adrian's not here, I'll be Adrian. I'll go ahead and bring up oh, little boy butts. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> we're five minutes in into this conversation. Off. Somebody's going to do it. I, I don't even know where that trend thinking. started. Uh, well, certainly didn't start with him. It started with someone probably in jail, um, <laughs> and maybe that's where Adrian's headed. You know, I don't know. But, but long story short, uh, above our mantle and mine and Zach Austin and Daniel Rain's house, there is. An almost nude photo of Adrian Marmalejo. No, he's nude. <laughs> almost Cow- not cowboy. He's nude. He's just got See? the hat perfectly placed. Yeah. But he's got the good beard too. That's he's such a damn gem. That Adrian. He's so fucking photogenic. Yeah, really is. Let's let's move on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So so each of you, it's first time in Possum Town. Welcome to the friendly city of Columbus. Uh, yeah. Thoughts, poetry, sermons. Well, you guys just had a show. <laughs> this just I, reminds me. You said poetry. Uh, the the first time uh, Chad Atkins was ever on Johnny Cash's TV show. Uh, Johnny Cash wrote a poem. <laughs> to talk about Chet Atkins and it was the weirdest it's like two minutes y- y'all have to go look this up now. yeah it's two minutes of Johnny Cash quietly in his in his super deep voice just like and the lightning fingers of Chester <laughs> Atkins <laughs> Mr. Guitar and it's just like let the man play <laughs> Do y'all know, what, I, I just y'all, y'all know what happened just down the road on ID2? Um, Star Wars. Right when we got Okay, so if you were to keep on heading west, like you wanted to go to California from here, uh, you would end up in Star Wars. That's the Johnny Cash song, the Starkville. Starkville uh, City Jail. Up, yeah, that's right. That's a really so, good song. He got, so he was picking flowers. That's all he pre- was doing. Pretty cool story. I was, he was hanging. Probably fucked up. When, when he I was picking flowers. Back in the early '90s, I lived with I lived over in Starkville, and my good friend John Copeland. We were riding one day, and he goes, "That right there is my grandma's house. She's the one that called the cops on Johnny Cash for picking flowers in her front yard." 
<laughs> and I was like, oh my God, are you fucking serious? And he's like, yeah. He's like, yeah, they wrote, he wrote a song about her, I think. And I was like, no, he fucking did. Because it's on that record, which San Quentin or, or uh, yeah, that, Folsom Prison, the, the whichever one. The best part about that San Quentin live record is he does San Quentin twice because they love it. Yep, so yep. I've got that can record. We, can, yeah. we, can we talk about the, the graveyard and the flowers that I have? <laughs> well, no, we have to. <laughs> you know, Come on, Cammy. Open, open the door. Come on now. No, no, I'm in trouble. <laughs> Talking about graveyards. There's this uh this graveyard that overlooks. We had just done like a recording king session after I'd gotten um, a resonator, the the swamp dog resonator that uh, recording king gave me, um, which I played tonight. And um, on the way back, uh, we stopped at a pilot gas station. And I'm not exactly sure. It's between Nashville, Tennessee, and Birmingham, Alabama, on 65. Yeah, I'm upset. There's a graveyard. And this, this pilot gas station is, is it directly the big, adjacent. The big titty uh, uh, billboard, no, right by, no, right off the no, interstate. It's like, it's like between 60, like Birmingham and Nashville. What, what is that and there's a graveyard. You know what I'm talking about? I, that? I, yeah. I do know you know that. my favorite billboard is It's like Alabama. a strip club right Booby next bungalow. to it. There you go. Oh, Booby no, bungalow. That's the other way. Not that I've ever been in. That's the other way. I know that. I think it's closed now. That's his Booby bungalow is closed. God, I've never got a chance to go. Damn it. man's daughter. And it's next to the truck stop with the big chicken. The shady lawn. Long story short, <laughs> where do we go on that? <laughs> extra long story, uh, <coughs> a little bit not as long. Um, we <laughs> stop at this gas station, fill up in like, yeah, it's it's like the graveyard's very well kept. That's the thing is, I stopped there. Could you time see is a graveyard it? beside the interstate, and you're like, oh my god, how the fuck does that happen? <laughs> like, you know, actually. <laughs> to go and for it to be all decrepit but it's like there's people that actually keep it but so we revisited it's, it it's probably like 1 a.m at this point it was very it's, late it's, it's, it's a probably like four and, three or four a.m at this point and we kind of just wander out into this graveyard and we see like an suv parked and um I think his last name was Hyatt, because I kept thinking about Lily Hyatt. Uh, I, need to, I, like, I, need to, I need to know his full Hyatt. name. Huh? I need to know his full name. For no podcast. relation to Lily Hyatt, <laughs> but... It... <coughs> but we, we walk up on him, and um, he's quietly... Uh, unfortunately, we disturbed him, but he was... He was just looking... Out. He was looking at his mother's <laughs> grave. He was looking his at his dentures out. Yeah, but he's like, excuse me, I'm taking my dentures out. And I was like, do what you need to do. We walked up on you, and uh, he's he's looking at his mother's grave, and his uncle is buried next to his mother. Yeah, and he hates it. Like he, it was it was promised to him, he was supposed to be buried next to his mother, and. This guy is, is clearly, uh, you know, he's, he's extremely effeminate, um, which I don't fucking care about. But, like, it's just, like, it's almost like uh, I'm putting together that this guy is being ostracized from his family. 
and he doesn't really realize it because yeah. ma- maybe he's no, not. He does. He just maybe he's not even gay, go. but it like was, they like, don't like him because his voice is different or something. Yeah. And they're like, like they gave this gravesite next to his mother to, his uh, uncle. to, to his her uncle. brother. Yeah. And he's no, taking. I think that, it was somebody more obscure than that. Yeah. Though. No, it wasn't. The, it was something that it did. It, they it gave it to like the right. fucking weird cousin or something. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah that's that how it felt being die. delivered like, from yeah. him. Because you were just like it was. He was talking about it. You were just like, dude, fuck them. Like. <laughs> yeah, we were all. On y'all were like team him, right? Yeah. yeah. He was trying to give us yeah. whiskey, and I was like, eh, it's COVID. Like, <laughs> it's COVID. I love this whiskey, <laughs> but. He nowhere else to go like it was the christmas because he had the, all the lights in his car and like we walked up and he was listening to music and like we were just like it was hey, an extremely just, profound sad yeah. moment to just but he wasn't join. sad I mean, that was the cool part like, maybe he, he didn't know he was sad i don't know well, but no, was, but he was, finding, was just high enough yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm barely really proud of us for not drinking that whiskey. <laughs> I was so not tempted. That yeah, I'm telling you, yeah. Oh, he man, was this... such a fucking. Oh, he was awesome. Yeah. It's, it's weird living in this time, and here. like we're we're over a year of it now. You know, pull one out for a homie. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, pull one out for that. Well, but I have I have the flowers in my front yard there because there's somebody like tumble. No, she stole. Off she stole of, some. You did that. You did that. Oh, no. (laughs) You stole the fake flowers off of a grave. No, they had blown down by the fence, by the truck. Well played, well played. (laughs) We made it all right here, okay? There was no theft of flowers. I I wanted to write a song about the guy. (laughs) They're way more vibrant now, though, that they're on my front fence. I was, like, looking at them. I thought they looked better. Oh, so the whole time I was thinking they were fake flowers. They are fake flowers. But I thought they they, were... But you said they had grown? But But you know... More vibrant? They they are more vibrant now than... I thought they were more decrepit. Because they're just not laying idle in a a cemetery. Mm. Yeah, but they oh. had definitely b- b- blown off and ruined. I got you. I didn't steal them off a grave. That would be rude. Guys, I want to ask you this. Shit happens. They blow off all the time. <laughs> is uh, first time in Columbus. What are, uh, I mean, I don't know how much you got to experience of it, like coming in. Is like, uh, we don't we don't have um, an awful lot here. Like, if if you had some time during the day, you could. Uh, go just that way uh, more south in the downtown and you could see uh, some of the antebellum homes and we have uh, Tennessee Williams house we have Catfish Alley just right there there where's the water in the refrigerator no the, the... <laughs> oh. <laughs> three, three the blocks river three blocks over yeah. three blocks it's just over there. Y'all just pointed two different the, directions the, the, the ten top no I, I live here so I know like it's right there okay yeah and Tennessee Williams' house is right there, like a block over. Um, the house, he wasn't actually born in the house. He was born in the hospital, but he was brought there the second day of life and was raised there. His father, his grandfather was the rector at St. Paul's Episcopal, Episcopal, I can't say the word. Episcopal. Episcopal Church. And so he was, he was raised in that house for the first year of his life, and then moved, they moved away to wherever they moved away to. But the river is three blocks that way. Mm-hmm. So Can we go? 
You could. We can, yes. Unit. Can we? Yes. Let's just pick the mics up and just walk. I mean, yeah. just Tennessee often. Williams guy. Yeah. Yeah, he was a great play writer. Do you not know Tennessee Williams? Or are you just fucking with me? I've heard he uh, was good at what he did. Yes. Cat on the Hot Tin Roof is the only thing I've ever read. I've saw more of the movies, I guess, than I ever. I don't. I, I honestly don't give a shit. The thing I. The thing I. It sounds totally like it, doesn't it? Yeah. Sounds like he knew his way around a pedal steel. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Forty. He might have upped you, but uh. Hey, Ford. Ford's here. The mean hand job. I think I was thinking of Tennessee Ernie Ford. I think that's. I mean, I really was. The thing I understand about Tennessee Williams is like he he was very provocative, and like when you see a Tennessee Williams play. Now, um, it stirs you. So I'll bring it back around and say, everybody here, everybody here has 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 a love for the blues, right? There's a there's color. a there's a thing the that goes color? all the way through Mississippi, sure. and it goes even through Alabama and Tennessee, and even over into Norway. There's a Mississippi Blues Trail. There's a Mississippi Blues Trail marker right at the end of the block right here. This this road right here that runs next to my apartment is called Catfish Alley. Because back in the day, all of the black businesses, they would celebrate on weekends or certain parts of the month. They would get together and they'd have like catfish fries outside and they'd invite the community to come out. So it's called Catfish Alley. And there's Mississippi Blues Marker there that, that celebrates like Book of White and several different um, blues musicians. Uh, so I think that's kind of cool. I don't want to go back. I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mississippi has a, a lot of great history. We have a lot of shit history. I mean, probably more yeah. shitty history There's than we have. Yeah, yeah, I mean, exactly. Um, At least we can, Alabama, we try, we try to shit on Mississippi. <laughs> yeah. Growing up in Alabama, it's like, it's like, okay, well, at least you're you 40, Mississippi. You're the 49th worst, I'm the 50th worst, you know, we come back and forth yeah. like all yeah, the time for years right? we have, you know? Yeah. Used to be a competition. And now it's like, okay, let's join together and get this going. <laughs> now we're like the just whole United it. States against the rest of the world. It, it yeah. seems like. to be that way, right? <laughs> well, I, like, honestly, it's weird how now it's like people are so caught off guard when we do anything progressive. And that's a, a thing I've sure. been latching yeah. on to. It's, <laughs> it's fucking what? sad. It's fucking like, sad. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Like, you but, know, but like, I love it. But 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 you think the people in power aren't people our age? And granted, you're a hell of a lot younger than I am. But still, we're young people, and and the people in power are still making the old school, old money decisions. You know, and so when anything progressive's done, it's typically done by somebody a little bit younger. So when that happens, it's like, what the fuck? You done yeah. fucked up the whole system. I think you progressive know? is just a thought pattern. It well, doesn't have anything to do with it. Just it's doing older young. I think, it's just like. It being normal, but uh, progressive, I think, normal, is doing anything outside of the normal these yeah. days, especially for Mississippi and Alabama. Normal, unfortunately, you know? Know? yeah, I mean, I do too. It's the way I was at least halfway raised, you know. Like, yeah, but like the, one of my favorite things I've ever heard from being from the South, Ford, uh, Ford's boss told him this. He was like, "Whenever you travel as a Southerner." Um, people are going to assume a lot of things about you That's and right. use that to your advantage. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, they're going to assume... 
I wish you were closer to the mic. I don't even know if that picked up. <laughs> now, what but, he was saying was he was like... Come on, Ford. He was yeah, saying... Not, he, was saying <laughs> he was like... I made a comment about... You know, not being embarrassed to be Southern, but, you know, the accent thing is what we were talking about when it came up. And he's like, listen, man. He goes, you know, when you go outside of the state, you're a redneck. Remember that. And then he said something to the effect of, you know, but let them, but let them under, let, just let them underestimate you. That was the point. We've all seen that movie. Is that a movie? I don't know. I I think son of a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) He was quoting. You said he was quoting it. He was quoting the Muppets. (laughs) (laughs) I think, I think that that is just. That's why he's still cutting grass. (laughs) I think that's just it though. You know, because like anytime I get outside of the South. And the moment you open your mouth, you give yourself away, right? It's yeah. like people immediately pick up on that, and then they immediately think downward toward you. Mm-hmm. And then, like, when you start to show your stop, they're like, oh, damn. <laughs> damn, I underestimated this guy. Well, you know, man. whether it's music or whether it's like, well, Welcome what to you being know. a woman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hush! <laughs> well, whatever else, man. Let's go here. It's like, man, just uh, let's go here. Is uh, what man, part of that, James? Just when you were like stepping out, like touring with Marcus, or like getting Marcus out. Marcus is from the south, too, though. That's true. Uh, if, if you want to hear like the first ever adventure, yes, I had out of the south. It, I was sixteen. Um, I somehow convinced my mother. I had this high school crush. Uh, her name was Camille, and she was from Omaha, Nebraska. She moved to uh, Troy, Alabama, because her mother started teaching dance at Troy University. And she was, she like it was it was like the first time I ever heard the Cure. Like like I thought I I wasn't a like it's it's so weird because like. You know, like, I was so attracted just to her personality, but not, like, it didn't, like, work work out. You were were totally in love with her. I was in love with her personality. (laughs) Yeah. And most of our growth, most of our growth towards that love was made through long-distance phone calls. And, um, and then, like, I was like, I'm going to go to Omaha for Christmas when I was 17. Oh, yeah. And my mom, that was my, I asked for that for Christmas, the plane ticket. And I got there, and immediately when she met me at the airport, I was just like, oh, like, this is like brother, sister. Like, and she felt the same. It all, like, we still talk. Like, everything's good. Like, yeah. But, like, nothing ever happened but <clears throat> that was such a weird situation of like okay well I'm here and let's make the best of it um and like she, her band was playing a show at, at this underground like I thought like this is why I thought she was so cool cause none of this shit happened in Troy Alabama yeah and it was like she's playing underground this like meat seller or some shit 
And it's like, yeah, we just play like punk rock shows. And then I show up and I'm playing like uh, like three original songs and like a Black Keys cover. Dan would love to hear this. Like, like, <laughs> like I'm playing Ten Cent Pistol <laughs> off of the Brothers yeah. record, which is a dope ass record, <laughs> and like uh, like a Hank Williams song. And like, they're just like it's not resonating. At they all. don't, they don't get it. Like, but also, I'm doing a shitty job of it. And, like, but it's my first out of town show, and like, uh, I remember like first showing up there and like, well, first of all, like hanging out with this person, like, you know, she was smoking weed. She was, she was sixteen, seventeen, just like I was. She was thirty four. <laughs> she, she was my age so, but like she was like hanging out and go to parties and I was straight edge like I was raised Southern Baptist and like nobody I knew was smoking weed or drinking and I was kind of against you're it you're an honestly. introvert yeah. you were just that, that wasn't also even, I, was, you just... I was introverted yeah and, like, but are you, you know, still like, nerd yes alcohol helps but Thank I, God I, he's introverted right now because he doesn't have COVID. I, 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 I totally feel yeah. that. Like, um, <laughs> like I want to finish this story, but there's something to be Ooh. said there. Is um, like these Meyer Briggs tests. I've been encouraging like a lot of my friends to like take them because, <laughs> like, it's just to that point. It's like you have you know this landscape of like personality, and it goes down to like eight different things and you'll either fall are you talking about Myers-Briggs or are you talking about Enneagram no I'm talking about not, no, I'm, not, I'm not going Enneagram we okay. can, we can Enneagram go goes to eight but yeah, no, Myers-Briggs Myers, Myers, like Myers Briggs is yeah. like you either are introvert extrovert you're thinking or sensing it's perception or judgment and I'm blanking on the other one you did good. You did a good job. That yeah, you did better than I could. Because I, I took could. it, but I don't remember. I'm, Enneagram, I know ES, back and forth. But. <laughs> I can't remember what I am. I'm a, I'm a I think I'm MRSP, whatever the market says. Yeah. We fucked. I'm a, I'm a yeah. gullible fucking team. But, but, it, but, it's, but my work uh, let us take that test. And that literally changed the way that I gauge people. Because like, it helps. We like if you we, would have we, taken it before they told you you could, you got in trouble for it. No, no. Why no. they let you take it? No, because like we were, we're trying to be a better company. Oh, so you did like a team building thing. That's exactly what okay, it is. Okay, it's okay, team gotcha, building. Gotcha, okay. That's it's kind of like, what Tammy did. It's no, like I have a story about that, but I have to it's tell like you later. the best thing for <laughs> us to do right now because like uh, the company I work for is like just extremely hated by the community it represents. And for because y'all cut people shit on and off. That's Pri- true. Prisons. <laughs> You're in the prison business. <laughs> He's in the cutting off your shit if you don't pay your bill business. Yeah. yeah. Prison business. Prison business. <laughs> and so like we started doing and like we had these like classes and then like the crazy thing that they would do we've had three so far is like they would swap us up and then one time like. I was the only positive in the class, and like I was surrounded by like seven other negatives. Mm. 
And I and I was That's like, a lot to take on though. Yeah, and it was like yeah. just exposure to like the whole company because yeah. like we we don't work together. Everybody has their own job. But you're so And everybody doing does it. their own thing, right? Yeah. But then when you finally start meeting, it's like I put in this work order, and then you're sitting in the room with a guy that has to fill it, and he's like, man. Fuck this shit, you know. And they're the ones that they need to go cut it off. Like, yeah. yes, you go cut it off. Yeah. And don't make me. And have so to we're all getting person. to know each other. Like, and, I, and I'm running a podcast yeah. and I'm interviewing people, <laughs> and like with this personality Myers Briggs test is like, I picked up on that in these classes, and like when you look at people one on one, there's a lot to learn from that, and you really learn how to gauge people like off the bat. It's like, are you an introvert? Are you an introvert? Are you an extrovert? Are you judgmental? Or are you perceptive? Are you a sensor? Or are you a thinker? And I can't remember the other thing. That God, but you make you're making it so far. You're doing yeah, such I'm, a good I'm, job. Yeah, I'm doing so good. But yeah. like, and like that's really like you know base level like buyer or seller. That was I'm, I'm a buyer. I'm, just kidding. Buyer I'm, just kidding. I'm a buyer and a seller. Damn it. But uh, like the the, the night Pigeon. we met, and we, we can tell the story is like <laughs> topper. Monk put Monk put me on you. Like early James is like you. You need to be listening to this. And then we were at the uh, it was BB Palmer, Taylor Honeycutt, and the Red Clay Trace at Avondale, and um, Abe invited me out, and I came out. And this is just an example of everything I just told. And, uh... Baby with that white trash <laughs> lipstick, it looks mighty fine on you. That's unbelievable. Yes. That is unbelievable. material. Perfect. But Alan has to do his, though. No. And that like, wasn't good. I, I can do better. And, dude, I, I was just I like... To I was just getting to know your music, and I, I told Abe, I was, uh... Introduce me. Come on. And we walked over there, and like, this is the way I remember it. Is, uh, Abe taps you. He said, James, this is my buddy Alan. He has a podcast. James, this is Alan. Alan, this is James. Y'all talk. <laughs> That's roughly how it went, I reckon. For dear, yeah. But for dear, James, for dear Abe. Uh, no, bullshit. <laughs> poor, poor, just do it. Little, little snippet. Come in on the mic. Come on. Okay, okay. No. Come on, hey, Ford. Okay. You already started it. Yeah. Come on, Ford. I'm just mad because I've listened to Abe's demos way too long. I have to, I'll have to yeah, remember. Yeah, that's why we have to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the beer bitch. You mean but I, I do need a beer. I do it, in, I do it out of love because I think that dude. Wow, I'm so needed. <laughs> a very unique thing going. I think he's got a great... No, say what you said the other night. That is, it's a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, huge respect. And I would like, I don't know how much you can open up about that, and I don't know you know, when it'll come out, but I know that y'all <laughs> recently recorded together at Noel Vigante. Is there, uh, what can be said about that? Highly. No, for, classified. Oh, no, that like, sure. <laughs> Bird, bird. Sorry, I got woken up at 10 o'clock in the morning. There you go. And I was worried about the neighbors, um, and I was like, fuck, it's 10 o'clock. Man, what is it? Was, was it? First of all, meeting, meeting Abe, which let's I'm, talk, I'm, let's, I'm, let's sure, I'm sure y'all have all had 
I've never Clearly. met a. He's great, and also he needs his work. I want to. I'm like, I'm. his work in the museum. I told Alan that I'm going down there next time he goes down there. Lady, like, and I'm just saying. Oh, they're they're already on. I mean, they're already hot on the sand. Meeting Abe is a. I met Abe in Memphis. Uh, We had both kind of strangely been selected by our town as. someone to push into this blues competition. Whereas, like, I... You did the International Blues? Nice. Nick Shoulders was at D's tonight. Sorry, go ahead. Sorry. Um, Nick Shoulders, shout out. uh, Big fan of him. (laughs) Yeah, Um, Yeah, he's been on the show. uh, Hell yeah. Huge fan. His uh, cousin (laughs) stayed at my house. Don't nobody else quite whistle like Nick. Uh, Ryan Brown is pretty close. Yeah. Not quite. It's good but, that plug. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> I never once heard Abe Sept at this Memphis competition. Um, he showed up to all of mine. Uh, which not a, lot, not a lot of people were in the crowd. So it, it, it kind of like, why is he showing up? Why, like... Yeah. And he's already... Even without hearing his music, it's almost like he's a performer as a speaker, if that makes any sense. He's a preacher. He's He's in the business of, of delivering <laughs> yeah. knowledge, but like the, you know, in all opinions. In all like <laughs> trying to do my best Abe aside is like, dude, I can't tell you how dude, much I love Abe that guy. Sucks, dude. I'm gonna get a dude. better yeah, <laughs> Like I've never met the dude. Work. I've just listened to his music and I think <laughs> And I've watched like YouTube stuff. I could probably do better than you. Yeah, you need to really but, watch right, it. Look, I'm oh sorry. yeah, fuck house couch. Yeah, governments, man. Governments, man. Hey, you just hit it. Governments, man. You just hit it. Um, was it he, he just he came up to me. Uh, I'm not sure what venue, like, and he was just like, "Man, I'm from Mobile, like." I think I got. I think he had a card at the time, which used to be a thing. I don't have a card anymore. Yeah. <laughs> but like, look me up on Instagram. Yeah, you know, it's like what Instagram? Yeah. How do you pronounce that? <laughs> you know, yeah. Uh, and looking back on it, I thought he was. Honestly, I think I was completely correct about it. He must go to fucking snake churches and shit, and he's kooky <laughs> as shit. And, and oh, it's yeah, like, it's like the hand jobs. Yeah, like I, I didn't, I didn't miss a beat on his character. I was like, this is probably the weirdest person I've ever <laughs> met. But it was almost kind of a uh, compliment because I was like, nobody else there at this because now in retrospect, me and him were. They're playing in a blues competition of original songs. You were uh, discouraged to play covers. Did not keep hardly anyone from doing covers. But, like, you know, me and Abe met there, and, like, I never saw a set, uh, but, like... Now, ha- having seen his set so many times, like it's unreal. 
it's not, but it's also not blues at all. No, it's In not. my set, it's not blues at all. No, it's but not. It, somehow it we both subjective. ended up there. Yeah, picked well, by your own city. Like, you know, like, y'all are like when y'all started talking about this, I thought, because I've listened to Abe's music over and over, like how the fuck is most anything he does ever blues? Yours, now I can see the blues influence. Yeah. You use the slide and use the dobro, and there's a lot of you know, there's some soul in there too. And but uh, Abe, I catch him on that first Abe song, and then soul. yes, <laughs> yes, yes. But I never, I never would have ever pegged he would be picked by his town unless there's nobody else that does blues in that entire town, and he's the only talented person there. You know. Yeah. Also, yes. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Who picked you? I'm not trying to bad Your mama? <laughs> like, My mama. Yeah, this is Birmingham. Birmingham. This is the oh, Birmingham. What organization? Oh, so it, was, it wasn't Troy. It was Birmingham. The this is the Birmingham Blues okay. Council okay. and the Mobile Blues. Like, these all sound like made-up councils to me, but apparently just, they exist. In it's a bunch of people because there's, there's, there's some around Very here. It's strongly. just it's people who love the blues that all just come together and they like call themselves a like society. A and, and they're all white. Like that. Yeah. They are all white. Yeah. But I, Man, it really does disturb me. Uh, I don't think there was a single black artist at the entire like competition. which is. Are you making that up? That's kind of how... Are you making that... Are you... No. Okay, yeah. And that's probably right. Because, like, yeah, Yeah. I've been to, like, events like this. And, like, he's right. It's like... (laughs) Where's the representation? You know? Well, unfortunately, if you really want to talk about that subject, like, the only people pushing blues appreciation and keeping that genre going is not the people that created which is African American people Hmm. man like other than the the proprietors that are still doing it to this day that are in their 60s and 70s or you know Gary Clark Jr. you know uh Grubbs is playing or or, or even to to go back even to like to like Terry Harmonica Bean and Super Chicken and people around Mississippi yeah, they don't have access. They don't know nothing about pushing. Nobody's asking them, hey, help us do this. Well, I don't think, I you just, know? You know, that, that was the thing about, like, Jimmy, Jimmy Doe Super, Super for, Chicken don't run his own Instagram account. You know, there's yeah, no I, Super I'm Chicken Instagram like, account. Yeah, yeah, I, I understand exactly what you're saying. Unfortunately, the white community is sure. appreciating blues a lot more than the black community. Yes. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. And, 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 <laughs> and that, that's it's more of like, it's more of, yes, it definitely. It's more like, of like a historical yeah. thing. It's a preservation society yeah. kind of situation in a sense. Oh gosh, you should see the Five Point South. Um, <laughs> there's a really funny. I follow the Five Point South Facebook group, and they there was this guy that was like, bitching about um, the blues music that was be, being played at his neighbor's house, <laughs> and he was just like. Talking about it being out of tune, he's like, "It's like the white guys over there playing the blues," and there, and then somebody else was ta- saying, "I, I think like, it was actually like a blues community." No, thing. it was. It was the Blues Society. It was the Birmingham Blues Society, and then he it's was just, just like six-year-old white dudes playing the blues. Yeah, but he and was. She got an alert on her like. Yeah, and 
<laughs> neighborhood app white. Yeah, but the best white dudes playing the blues. No, no, no but he was a white cancel, dude too. Cancel, cancel, cancel. No, this cancel. is where it gets fucked up. Is when he There's was six just white. Like, alert, alert, alert. No, no, is when he like, and this is literally the people that I don't think it was actually all white dudes. I think it's actually the Blues Society in There's Birmingham. There's one mixed guy. <laughs> right. And that made it cool. And so, but but then he was like, I don't know. I mean, like, maybe if it was bluegrass or something. And I was like, oh, fuck, dude. <laughs> like, if you want to listen to bluegrass, then I'm sorry. Like, if you're mad about the blues, and but you're into bluegrass, mm-hmm. <laughs> if you would be better with the banjo playing in open G for Four hours straight. I don't know. Does anyone know why the genre got called bluegrass? No. I have no clue. Do you? Wait, what? What is it? What was the question? I can figure it out. Does it come from the Blue Ridge Mountains? Get called bluegrass. Is it probably. Because of the Blue Ridge Mountains, maybe? It could have been greengrass. Yeah, because it could have been redgrass. Because there's the letters, there's the letters, and there's one for fives and the turkey six. The keys. You probably and, from Kentucky. You probably well, have to. You probably have to look back to the, to the roots of Appalachia yeah. and going up to the bluegrass mountains. Blue, up, Blue or the, the Blue, Blue Ridge Mountains. Blue, sorry, yes. the bluegrass mountains. But there's grass. There is. There is, and maybe that has something to do with it. I don't um, know. I mean. <laughs> I've heard the phrase Kentucky bluegrass. I mean, that's. Yeah. I think it's a thing. And I think. Yeah. Bill Monroe is from Kentucky, correct? Yes. Well, I think that might be here. Lean up, Ford. You're doing better. Yeah. But. Yeah. He could, this couch will fucking suck you in. Oh, man. Next thing you know, all he'll see is his fucking I'm feet. He'll be like, yeah. why am I? Next thing you know, it's like Ford to just be asleep. He, that's what I do on this couch. <laughs> Shit. It's not our fault. I, I wanted to ask you this. Blew uh, it out of the James fan. is. Um, you know, the night we met, uh, Justin Towns Earl Pass, and you made mention of him tonight. And uh, we were, we, you were sharing a story with me earlier, and I wanted to have this on the record, is, um, man, just going back uh, to Justin Towns is, uh, that song you played tonight, what about it? Like, why is that Justin Towns Earl? I mean, I mean, I cover, I used to play several of his songs, um, and I, I, I guess I stopped playing, you know, like, you, you eventually hit that point where you're like, uh, you're covering too much of an artist that clearly sounds like you, so eventually you just stop playing the songs that sound like the songs you created Mm -hmm. and that was kind of what Justin Towns Earl was for me and same with you know like uh, countless others but like you know Dan as well like Black Keys like I had to like stop covering people's music because the songs that I would cover uh, sounded so much like my originals and they did kind of morph into originals Mm -hmm. but um and that's I, I remember waking up um, I've had very few of these like surprise emails where I woke up because normally I wake up around 1 or 12 like you know yeah. especially back then honestly and uh, 
And it's just like, I remember waking up and seeing that I had been confirmed to open for Justin Towns Earl. And I think the first show uh, was at Callahan's in Mobile. Nice. Good plug. And, um, mm-hmm. Black and Trent Poboy. Yeah. <laughs> Can't go wrong. Just the whole vibe. Oh, yeah, and the owner, um, his name JT. 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 Yeah. He does such John a good Thompson. job. Yeah. He does such a great job of taking care of the people he brings in. He does. Big old he dick. takes care Big of the Big giant dick. Great yeah. dick. <laughs> He's seen it many times. Wow. <laughs> just it's just marvelous. He will You earned yourself. All the lube. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no. Get the lube out. Your situation is different than mine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but Whatever you're into. Showing up there and like... Crate Leprechaun. Shout out. Uh, Sorry, you gotta be from my building now. That's true. Smarty I was girl. living it. I was it's living in Mobile right now, and oh. I just want to die. I was I was living in Mobile when that leprechaun bullshit came also, out, and I thought that was just the dopest thing that happened. But so let's good. get back. But let's get back. I'm in trouble already. So. <laughs> You're in the hoghouse. James, I'm sorry. <laughs> Moment's gone. Fuck. <laughs> Justin Towns Earl. Nah. Um, so that was the first show we did with him and um, I was just like so shaky like talking to him uh, smoking a cigarette next to him and was he like, starstruck? absolutely yeah and you know like had watched countless videos and, and had tried to sound like he did on playing his songs and like cause I covered it so many of them and like and just getting this gig was just a fucking dream and uh you know like him I remember that night like him just being like you know I thought he was sober at that point but sober to him meant beers and and weed, which I count that as sober. Personally, that's kind of my regimen. Sure. But uh, like you know, like he was like, I, I just remember him asking me where he could get some weed, and I didn't know because I'm not from a bill. But like, it was just like such a weird situation to be plugged into because I wanted so hard to score a gram for Justin Telter. Yeah. But I was also so excited because, you know, I knew about his past history and I was like, good, he's just drinking beer and smoking weed. Like, that's safe. And and then we played another gig. Um, I can't really remember where, but I know the third gig I ever the last gig I ever played with him was at Standard Deluxe and um, that one he played with a drummer and I just I also remember him just like being kind of thrown off by the fact that he was opening for a a punk rock band I can't even remember what tour he was on 
Um, they're a very well-known, like, punk rock group, uh, and not at all, like, what Justin Towns Earl's music sounded like. New Devils? No. And, uh, he, uh, he was, like, weirdly soliciting me for advice. And I was like, how weird is this? Advice for what? Electric guitar, because he was... He was going to be playing with the trio. He wasn't going to change any of his music. Um, he just wanted to play with an electric guitar through an amp. And I was like, because we both work with the Recording King, and and they also own the lore. So I was like, man, get like an arch top with that P90 in it, and like put 13 gauge strings on it and and I was like what am I doing right now <laughs> I'm offering gear <laughs> advice to my hero yeah cause he's never played electric yeah he never has yeah. and I couldn't believe he hadn't cause I had copied everything from him and it it incorporated like acoustic to how I play electric as well and he was just like, I was like, maybe not 12s, maybe not 13s, but 12s. Like, and it's still going to feel like you're acoustic, but like, you're, if you're, because I play just like him. So I was like, don't, you know, you're going to hear that pop when you hit the, because he, he famously was super percussive yeah. when he played rhythm. But he, like, that's how he played guitar. Like you couldn't get away from it. And uh, I just remember like sitting there, like telling him like what to tell Recording King to order. Like that is so wild. And that was that was at uh, Callahan's the first night I met him. And then we played one other game. I can't. I, I'm sorry. I can't believe. I don't remember the second one. But of course you remember the first one and the last one. Yeah. The last time, <laughs> he played with the drummer, and he was still acoustic, and he was getting ready. And I remember me and Adrian getting ready to leave Standard Deluxe and Waverly, and we're getting ready to leave. Um... And I don't really expect anything from Justin, like, to, I don't expect anything, because, like, we don't have any more tour dates together. Um, and I've always felt so weird in his stead, like, after he passed, to say anything about it, because it would seem like I was like, oh, he... You know, like, I had this unique interaction with him, and, uh, like, blah, blah, blah. Like, I, I felt like I would be, like, inviting attention on myself That's because right. someone left this earth. Um, but, like, uh, no, nah, it was very special to me, and I'll always remember it. And he, he just, I was like, hey, man, uh, I was talking to, um, um, just like trying to leave 
because we'd had you know plenty to drink and it was like we can't drink too much more and I'm telling everybody bye and I don't expect Justin to get up and he does and he walks over and he hugs me and he was like yeah I mean please please like keep doing what you're doing and if you don't I'm gonna come and find you and you know I'm sure he said that to countless other openers but to me that meant everything yeah. Yeah, I don't know if he ever said that to other folks. I'm sure he did, but like Does that do anything to you now? When you play. I mean just that there's a bit of cloud around it, right? A guy that you uh, you grew up replicating. I, I, I certainly feel like a, a certain need to like carry on like not a lot of people play like he played not a lot of people sing the songs like he sang like he's a I, I, I he never meant for me to be a torchbearer in any right but I I guess I in a lot of ways, uh, proclaim myself as a certain torchbearer for the way he played guitar. Um, and like, his attitude towards music and, uh, and also towards the art itself. Like, like he knew he was, uh, I mean, like just knowing the guy, like he fucking, knew he wasn't going to be on this earth long. That's right. I, f I fully believe he didn't think he was going to be no, on this earth long. The night he passed, I mean, we were together, and, like, <coughs> lo and behold, like, I was stunned. I was stumped, but I wasn't surprised. Probably anybody was. Yeah, that's, that's how... Sad. Like, a lot of... Uh, he was literally a lot of personal ticking, friends. He was a like, ticking time bomb. Yeah, and it's just, you know, he's he's like one of those guys. He's like, I hate to, I, I will not compare him to anyone because it's just stupid that, like, you know, anyone on this earth that, like, you see create art in a hurry, it's like, oh, yeah. You know, like. They're making their way out. They're they're already on the, the way. And no one decided that venture for them. That's right. They didn't. Oh, they kind of did, but, you know, they probably didn't have any say in it. It's just, it just fucking happens that way. Like, I was glad to see his dad not busted up, but, I mean, I, you know, I, I just, because I, I kind of always heard that they didn't have a yeah, great they didn't, they didn't have a great relationship. Great relationship. Yeah. And I was, you know, like, Steve Earl does a, a podcast, well, not a, 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 he does a YouTube where he shows guitars in his collection. And he did, he does one of these like every week. And he did one, like I think the day or the day of or the day after his son had just died. And he's like, I have to do this. You know, <laughs> Who no. wouldn't do that though? What did, person, did, what has he put out the record yet? Yeah. He has already? Yeah, I, oh, I, I've, okay. I've heard a single maybe. Yeah, I've, no, I've not heard it yet. So I've heard it was going to happen. But, but I'm, what I'm saying is I'm just glad to see his dad. I mean, I don't need to listen to that. I'm just glad to see he took it so hard. 
Ford while I got you is um, <laughs> while, while you're not sleeping on the fucking couch over there. <laughs> um, man, I'm I'm always so impressed uh, with your ability on the the, the slide still. Um, and then to see you pick up the mandolin and to pick up the guitar. Um, Ford, what else are you not telling me? He's yeah. racist. Plays the, he plays the skin flute. I mean, well, yeah. Pretty good at that. Uh, I've been for years. Uh, I make good gumbo. Okay. Wait, what? This I is new really information. And, and, you know, Wait, we were just talking he about He came to Columbus empty-handed. Why did you say gumbo? Uh, what else? I enjoy cooking. Uh, Long walks on the beach. Long walks on the beach. Alright. Yeah, but yeah, that, I, that's kind of been my game. It's always been to sort of play a bunch of instruments, maybe not the best, but be able to do a little bit of everything. You know, we, we were, um, you know, I Never asked you about the mandolin. benefited me until tonight. <laughs> I, I, asked you about, I asked you about the mandolin after the show this evening, and um, it, was, it was quite remarkable to me, like, when you plugged your plug for why you play the way you play. And it was also like detrimental to you actually getting into the scene you originally picked up the mandolin for. Right. So, like, let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah, what do you mean? Like, why, why did you pick up the mandolin? Who was that guy? REM losing my religion, right? No, absolutely nope. not. <laughs> Damn. I left REM at Fables. There you go. Right on. That's the truth. But anyway, uh, Lester Nudie would be. I know. <laughs> hey, Les. If you want to listen. Yeah, Les don't Nudie. listen to he anything. Didn't listen. He didn't even listen. He recorded it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I, uh, I did the whole jam band thing in the 90s. Um, what? Badly. Lord. Oh, this is new. Jesus. We would never. We had a bluegrass background. And oh. then from there, you know, <laughs> listening to like, always listening to different things. But there was, I'm a big public radio listener and nerd. There's a, there's a show on the Tuscaloosa station. I think it's Bama Bluegrass. And I can't remember the guy. But anyway, I started listening to it and I was coming home from fishing one night. I used to listen to that show on the way home. I was so like, shit, this show. music's like rhythmic. It's like, it's good, and I'm not even high, or I'm not drunk. This this is really good. It's the first time I'd listened to it. It's wild to say that's sober too, right? Yeah. So after that, I kind of started, you know, I listened to the Grateful Dead, and then you know, of course, listening to Jerry. <coughs> we get into like different offshoots of the Grateful Dead, and one of them was Olden in the Way, and that was my introduction to bluegrass and I just kind of <laughs> jumped on the mandolin so I bought a mandolin for 60 bucks from this little old lady in eclectic Alabama. Yeah. And, uh, Subtly fitting. <laughs> yeah. Eclectic. On the way out she's like God bless you son. I was like I'm my friend has it. But yeah so I just kind of taught myself to play She it. didn't keep it then. You told her you would you didn't keep the mandolin. He's a famous liar. Technically. <laughs> you could get it. Um, but I never really latched on to, I never was able to play bluegrass correctly, so I kind of bastardized it. And then well, I got into like blues. 
Yes. Ford, we're a bluegrass band. I don't know if you need to tell that. According to my mother. And then I was telling you earlier, a, a Mississippi musician, um, I got real into uh, Jimbo Mathis's knockdown. Fuck yes. Um, nice. Playing, Specifically, Jim, Jimbo he's is playing next week or something. No, so he's playing he's playing next in, uh, month or something. I mean, April. I've heard the score yeah. on the zippers, and I knew kind of that. That, but when I heard that knockdown, I think it was called Play Stones, the Play Songs for Rosetta, and I was like, whatever they were doing, I think it was the guys from uh, Mississippi All Stars. Mm -hmm. One of them was playing the man. It might be the guitar player. One of them was playing the mandolin. It's yeah, Miss Luther, I think, playing the mandolin. And it just, it's just raw and nasty, and that's kind of what I gravitated towards with the man. And I just pushed nasty that. I started the band. And not even dirty, nasty. We, we took that, that uh, play songs for Rosetta, and I started a little three-piece band. Well, I didn't start it, but I got some guys who were like-minded, and finger-pick guitar, upright bass, and I was playing a blues man. And that's kind of what I do. I, I tell you, check out Andrew Bird. And yeah. Jimbo just put out a new record. I've seen the video. Fucking it's phenomenal. Andrew, I think it's cool Andrew that Andrew Bird, Bird is so way up there. my mind. Yeah, yeah. I think it's cool that he's so way up there musically, Andrew Bird. Yeah, 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 yeah. And not that he's, you know, bringing it down a level by playing again with, you know, you know Mathis because Jimbo does his thing. Yeah, yeah, really yeah. Great. yeah. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, but I just think it's cool that he, you know, can come back to that thing that he kind of started. I think it was Bowl of Fire, Andrew Bird's Bowl of Fire. Yeah. So I thought that was really cool they did that. Like, I, I never realized in my brain that Andrew Bird was a part of Squirrel Nut Zippers at some point. Yeah, at some point. And so, because Jimbo, Jimbo Mathis is playing the Arts Council on in Columbus on uh, April 20 whatever. That's what the Danny's get compared to. And so, oh, really? so, 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 yeah. so I have a, yeah. I, I get a phone call one day from Jimbo Mathis and he's telling me, cause we're rescheduling the gig because of COVID. This was back in the day. He's like, well, I'm in Los Angeles right now with Andrew Bird. We're cutting a record. And I'm like, my brain just awesome. like goes, what the fuck? I just melt for a minute. I'm like, Andrew Bird and Jimbo Mathis are cutting a record together. It was but when I heard it, I was even more amazed because I didn't expect it to be as great as it was, because of the, this. It's like two different Do realms of opener. what they're doing, you know. <laughs> and when they came together, it just made this fucking perfect thing. And we were talking about bluegrass and people coming around to bluegrass. I've always loved bluegrass, but I think some of the progress, like, and and there are a million bluegrass cover songs, but I think. One of the songs that really made me understand bluegrass and the way it coincides with today's youth is Chris Thiele of, oh, yeah. of uh, what was his band? Oh, you're talking about Several, several bands. Yeah, but he, he did Nickel a Creek or... Nickel uh, Creek, there you go. Yeah, he did a cover Punch of... Punch Brothers? Punch he, Brothers? Yes. Yeah, that's did, my he, favorite iteration. But he I'm did a, a huge, cover huge fan of, of on, on yeah. his solo record, he did a Dude, cover of Dead Leaves in the Dirty Ground from the White Stripes. That right there is yes. one of the most perfect <laughs> fucking bluegrass songs um, ever our, in the world. Nirvana's, oh my God, it was uh, amazing. Just, mine was Nirvana's, like, when he, well, it was a Lead Belly song. 
the in the pines. Yeah, in and the then pines. There's yeah. The bluegrass version. Mm-hmm. Like, and so the first time I heard which is the original song, I think it was called Black Girl. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. you can't say that. Sure, like, sure. <laughs> like, yeah, the Lead Belly song. Yeah, which makes more sense. But in my mind, it was always a murder ballad. I don't know. Like, it, but the <laughs> but the first time I heard that played in a bluegrass setting, I was like, oh, that's. Because I knew from Nirvana, because he's like a yeah. lead belly song. And then I was like, I know the words to this. This yeah. speaks to me. <laughs> and then, but then I was like, they're fucking the words up. And then I was like, oh, wait, maybe that's, uh, it's very confusing. <laughs> but one of the things about bluegrass that I don't like is. There's so many things. Well, <laughs> I live with a banjo no, Nobody really likes jazz. Banjo it's not bluegrass. Months. Everybody likes bluegrass. He's a phenomenal banjo player. Fuck a man. Who are you talking about? Patrick. Patrick. Hey, Patrick. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, I mean, I mean, seriously, the thing about bluegrass is they tend to be a little well in the stuck religion. Up. Yeah. It got it got turned into because bluegrass yeah. players well, do all the cocaine. Do it that way. Well, they were doing all the co- like you have to. JD Wilkes don't do it that way. I was. I was telling y'all about that. I grew up listening to rap music. I'm sorry. And we would play. <laughs> we would play a lot Nobody of bluegrass knows J.D. Wilkes. And we would, people, I mean, we played with like Claire Lynch. I mean, we didn't play with her. We both played on oh in the same festival. And I can remember her looking at us, because we would do like old blues covers. You know, like 20s and 30s, Bo Carter, uh, Martin Bogan and Armstrong. John Hurt, um, and we would do it in that, and they would look, the bluegrassers would look, and we'd be at these bluegrass festivals. Like playing it's so songs serious. And, I know, like, it's so fucking song, serious. We're, we're playing songs <laughs> about dicks. <laughs> you know, my pencil don't write no more. I mean, it's a Bo Carter yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I remember specifically this little old lady looking, we were playing at this, this festival, this little old lady stood up and looked at us like we were just disgusting. Oh, no. And then the little, other little old ladies are like nudging their husband because like, my pencil don't write no more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, no, so, and she gets up and looks at us like, you know, y'all go to hell. One of the, what, like the, maybe three at the Horseman's gigs, like when we had Rude and True, Rebecca and yeah. Eglin and AJ Covey, like, Which is play, phenomenal. And he's a percussionist, like, like you can't even call him a drummer. He's like he they, has they so it. many world. No, 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 no. Alan Tolbert, who was like the freaking I, king I, of bluegrass. I can't even say fucking because like he's like the freaking king of bluegrass in Alabama. Like he he, he loved it. He loved it. Alan and, like, Tolbert is we, just about yeah, as good we, at flat we and bluegrass had like as you can get. Yeah, but we like. You can't ask. You can't had ask for a people leave. We had people leave because there was a percussionist, um, and they didn't want to hear that oogity boogity music right, at a bluegrass okay. festival. And horse pens was straight All like right, you're getting yeah. To a point that I'm no, the to the make. owner like like because I you know book and they were just like. You know, and I was like, well, it's good music, like, and this well, is what we did. And, and they were just like, we don't need those peanut butter and jelly eaters. We would get gigs. <laughs> you know, and it's just, I was just so proud of the fact that they were, like, okay with it. It's like, this is good music. 
you know, like, if these people have a problem, the fact that those were these people, right. the people that left because they were oogity boogity music, right. were finally these people, you know, they're the ones with the problem. Like, exactly. they're leaving, they're, you know, like, that's fine. Like, we, it's just crazy. <laughs> well, the one of the things that I thought, when I think about, was be like, well, I mean, we are three lame white guys playing stringed instruments so we do fit in with the bluegrass crowd you know it's yeah. just you know we're, but we're not the thing that we always used to say is oh they think we're a bluegrass band because they thought we were a bluegrass band because of our instrumentation well you can slip so much shit in you can yeah. just slip it in <laughs> it's like but the thing that they didn't get was we were actually pretty true to what we were trying to do they just thought we were getting it wrong you know they thought we were we, were just, we weren't good because we weren't doing it the way they were. And I, just, uh, I think I think that's what's so frustrating. With, with, like, but I still love to listen. That's what's so freeing about like what we do as a four piece because when we were a duo, just me and Adrian, people, yeah, you know, it's it's folk, uh, it's bluegrass, uh, whatever, and like as soon as someone can't nail down the genre you play you throw an Americana or Bluegrass it's like <laughs> you're Americana which is it's such a broad that's like, fucking that's our, like, that's, and that's, that's our bio on yeah. our Instagram uh, she's still uh, people call us Americana um, which uh, what? Americana from Birmingham Alabama we steal from everyone some people call that no uh no, you're always at it. Rock band from Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, we we steal from everyone. Me. Some people call that Americana. That that's our <laughs> bio, and I came up with that because uh, I was just so tired of like. Because once, I, I I was watching Corey Wong uh, in the Wong notes. He's he's got this badass show that he's. Uh, Corey Wong, of course, the guitar player from uh, uh, Wolfpack, and um, and he's got this weird talk show. That it's a is, weird fucking band, but a good, great fucking band though. And it's like, a good player. Yeah. And, and yeah. like, he, he's great because he is uh, <laughs> like the first episode he ever did. He was like, uh, they introduced him as the host, and uh, it was like. Uh, professional uh, rhythm lead guitar player, because he he never plays lead. He's just like really good at rhythm. Yeah, which is something that I always thought I was good at, rather than lead playing. Was like, but you do so many you know, things. It, 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 it was so Corey, Corey Wong things. plays with a pick. Two. That's the view from this high hall. 
That's going to wrap up part one. Listen to part two. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. 
And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.